0: This episode of The Vertical Podcast with J.J. Reddick is brought to you by SeatGeek, the smartest way to buy and sell tickets. Welcome to The Vertical Podcast with J.J. Reddick. This week, we're joined by television and movie producer, Ben Winston.
1: Yahoo Sports presents The Vertical Podcast with J.J. Reddick. Powered by digital media.
0: Find your voice. And now, your host,
1: J.J. Reddick.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Vertical Podcast. I've got a great guest today, a good friend of mine, Ben Winston. We're going to get to Ben in a second. Ben is a television and film producer. He's worked on projects like the original X Factor with Simon Cowell in Britain. He's produced and directed all of One Direction's video, and he currently is the executive producer and showrunner for The Late Late Show on CBS with James Corden, a brilliant guy Awesome perspective on things, and I think you'll really enjoy our conversation. Before we get to Ben, I want to talk about the playoffs, because the playoffs are here. It's the best time of year. I love the NBA playoffs. I become such a fan during the playoffs. I watch every game. There's really nothing like it. I know a lot of people, a lot of basketball fans, they love March Madness, but I have a soft spot in my heart for NBA basketball. I want to address something right away. And I've done this on my first podcast and I just, I got to do it again, but I'm going to do this podcast during the playoffs. And I want to reiterate what I said on my very first podcast. This is not a distraction. This podcast is something that is not time consuming. It's something that I really enjoy doing. It's not the reason, it won't be the reason if I have a bad shooting game or if we don't advance to a certain round in the playoffs. I have to say that. I know I'm going to get heat but I got to say it you know I think if I have a bad shooting game I'm I'm sure some people will say you should stop doing the podcast but if I have a bad shooting game are you going to tell me that I shouldn't read a book or I shouldn't watch a television show it's kind of the same thing so anyways I'm going to continue to the podcast Uh, I've committed to doing 52 episodes we're about a dozen in and it's been a, a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying it and as always, I really appreciate everyone's feedback. Uh, please give me comments, feedback, questions on Twitter at JJ Reddick. I don't post a ton on Instagram, but Instagram, I'm JJ Reddick4. You can leave comments on there as well. And again, I just want to say thank you to all the people that listen to this podcast. It has been a lot of fun. The other thing I want to quickly discuss before I get to Ben is just how fortunate I am and how fortunate and grateful I feel for having just completed my 10th year in the NBA 10th regular season. I should say if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I'd still be playing, I I would have thought you were crazy. I mean, this is something that I I dreamed about for so long and I guess I, I don't always reflect as much as I should maybe, but 10 is like a, a pretty even number and it's pretty exciting for me to have, have gotten this far and I want to continue to play basketball as long as possible. But I am very grateful for for having been in the league this long. And 10 years in the NBA, this will be my 10th playoffs. Um, I've been very fortunate to to be on good teams with great coaches and great players. And I'm very excited for the playoffs this year. And now I'd like to welcome our guest, Ben Winston. Ben, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, I feel very honored to be here. Delighted.
1: Is it Am I your first guest who's not a basketball player?
0: You are my first guest. This is, we're going to do something new. God, we are going to talk hoops. We're going to talk yeah. sports. There yeah. may be a few references to Arsenal.
1: Yeah. It's got to be disappointing if you're a regular listener to this podcast <laughs> and your first non-basketball guest isn't Billy Crystal or Drake or any other Clippers fans, but it's a bloke who runs a show that most people won't have seen. But I'm very honored. I'm I delighted. Think, well, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I love it. I listen to it every week. Thank you. I
0: actually think people do watch your show yeah I was being modest it's you're, a huge hit it's a huge hit <laughs> your big thing is, is Carpool Karaoke yes our breakout hit has been it's, Carpool Karaoke and how many views online is well, that
1: the, a- sh- the show itself has got about a billion views online yeah. uh, Carpool I don't know I mean Adele we did a Carpool Karaoke with Adele and it was the number one viewed most clip in the history of late night television it's incredible. so for a guy uh, James who's the host of the show and one of my mates uh, to have done that in his first year in our first year is phenomenal so yeah no it's going very well and now the thing is i didn't know it was going well but then i got the call to be on the vertical podcast <laughs> with jj reddick and i thought oh my this is it i've at i've come to hollywood and i've made it
0: <laughs> i doubt that Dude, we, we we actually we've known each other now for uh, almost a year. We've yeah, met. maybe just more actually. No, we met last June, so it's, it's almost a year. Okay, all I'm right. very Sorry. specific. Sorry to uh, Chelsea and I cheers. were on our uh, OCD, our fifth wedding anniversary trip to Cabo. Yeah, and you and your wife Meredith were, were also. We were all staying at the same resort. We were, and uh, we happened to decide to go to dinner off off resort, and uh, we we all shared a cab. That's how we. Well, met. it
1: sort of happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'd seen you at the pool every day, and because I'm English you don't speak to anybody you never make conversation we're not friendly like you know you sort of just glare in people's directions and you keep yourself to yourself and then uh, there was one night where we were going off to the resort and it was and I went and I said you know I'd like a taxi to this place Flora mm-hmm. Farms and they said return it's going to be about 100 bucks return 50 each way and I was like 100 bucks <laughs> for a taxi to dinner I was like oh fuming and I thought well i promised my wife we'll go so I thought we'll go and then and then I overheard you going up to the reception and saying, oh, could we get a taxi to Floor of And then straight away I was like, right, now they can be our friends so that I don't need to foot this entire bill. And then, uh, yeah, and we became good friends. I remember asking you what you did for a living and you said, I play basketball. And I went, no, no, I mean, what do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah. And then it's I actually It's hard to believe. And then yeah. you said, um, no, no, I play in the NBA and looked at me like I was an idiot. And then, of course, I'm in the back of the cab Googling you and then we became mates. <laughs> yeah, And I've actually since become an absolutely hooked I'm a proper Clippers fan. We're going to talk about being <laughs> so, being
0: a Clippers fan in a little bit. I want to talk about vacation friends though. Yeah. So you guys have friends. become like legitimate friends. I would yes. I would put you in the category of legitimate friends. You guys have moved out of the box of vacation friends. Yeah, I hope so. But over the last 8 years on all the trips Chelsea and I go on, we always seem to make friends with people whether it's couples or or randos yeah that's Um, disappointing i sort of thought that is that something that. well
1: no i just thought that we would be special but what you're basically telling me (laughs) is every time you go on vacation you come back with a mate well here's i feel slightly less here's what's
0: weird so every time i go on vacation you meet a couple or a couple you know maybe four people five people whatever and you all get along but it's really nice because when you're on vacation there's really no commitment to maintaining like this like relationship it's a one-night stand JJ exactly it's a one-night stand it's very similar yeah well, the problem with you guys though is that <laughs> we're in that taxi and you said you know where, where are you guys from we said Manhattan Beach you know LA and we asked you guys and oh no we we live in Brentwood yeah and uh and so Chelsea oh shit man we might actually have to like follow up on this I think there was a l- little sense of that initially oh like oh we're trapped now <laughs> What a a lovely thing to say. You're so
1: kind. I feel really flattered. I do remember one thing about that trip and that was that you weren't the only NBA player who was at that hotel because there was a lot of tension around the swimming pool because DeMarcus Cousins was there. And I could feel beef between the two of you because didn't he injure you and was out for a while? And then suddenly you're on holiday and I'm sat there, and on my left is JJ Reddick and on my right is DeMarcus Cousins, two monsters of the game. Both of them not speaking to each other and glaring.
0: It was—I could feel the tension. It was palpable. The tension was real prior to that experience of, right. of going on vacation and right. seeing him there. Going back two years, he he pushed me out of the air. I don't sure. know if he did it intentionally. I don't think he did. I, he did, and I, f- <laughs> I he fell. He, and pu- he broke he saw my, my wrist, you and he went fuck him. I'm pushing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? Though I I told him this in in Cabo, I got hurt. I broke my wrist. I was out six weeks. And the team went to the East Coast for yeah. two and a half weeks. And Chelsea and I randomly that month just decided let's try and have a, a child. Let's try and get pregnant. And uh, and now we have Knox because of Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> so you're, you you that's incredible. Yeah. So, so I think I think so I broke the, I broke the ice and kind of broke the tension with him yeah. by telling him that story. And I think he appreciated it.
1: Yeah, he was eccentric on that holiday. I didn't speak to him once. <laughs> But all I remember is he was with two elderly women. I assume one was his mother and one was his mother-in-law and the other was his wife or his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And they just kept putting cream all over his body whenever he was in the sun. (laughs) And I just thought it was quite eccentric. And then I remember there was... They rode horses. They rode horses on the beach and there were four horses riding on the beach and you had, you know, the mother trotting along and the mother-in-law trotting along and the girlfriend trotting along. And then this horse... Who literally the middle of his back was like caving in while DeMarcus Cousins was on top of him trying to ride him, and he just looked like he was about to collapse. But anyway, yes, that was a holiday. We met, we're great friends. I'm sorry if you felt a responsibility to become friends afterwards, but it's. Uh, I'm so it's glad, glad that amazing. I
0: felt that responsibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I uh, have you have you ever had uh, an experience? You know, where you make vacation friends. No, you're my it, first. JJ. Really? Yeah, you took my vacation buddy
1: virginity. I've no, I don't think I've ever made friends because on you're vacation. British and you don't talk to people on I vacation. I don't think vacations a time for conversation. <laughs> I feel like I I have to converse with people every day, and if I'm on a vacation, I don't I don't feel the need to make friends. No, I'm. It's not what I look for in a holiday. I don't go. I know. Let's go there. We can make some friends. If I did, I would be going on a cruise
0: ship. I. But I I'm not saying it's... It. I, no, I, I, you know, what's weird is... I'll be more open-minded Hold on going a second. We, I think we need to get Chelsea in here. I think oh, we need to get Chelsea dude. in here to back this. Oh, Hold okay. on one second. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now we're, we've got Chelsea on the third mic here. So going back to this idea of vacation friends, I am not the most social person in the world, and I don't feel like I give across a vibe that I'm like this super nice guy, and I'm you wondering... <laughs> How we always make friends on vacation. I think it's you. I think you divulge a lot of information initially. It's like verbal diarrhea yeah. and people like people embrace that. What do, you, what do you think the reason is that we make friends so much on vacation?
1: I think it's because of me. I don't know why I had to come in here <laughs> to discuss this, but I think it's definitely because of me. Actually, I had someone tell me, uh, my girlfriend was in town yesterday, Christina. And she actually said to me, if you two ever got divorced, you know everyone picks you, right? (laughs) What a cheerful thought.
0: (laughs) What a lovely thought. I have to live with this every day. Yeah, you do. Thank you. That Just confirmation of my my thought. Thank you. All right. So moving right along. I do think that it's Mm. always nice to socialize. And and again, my wife is is way nicer than I am. Mm. She's a pleasant woman. Yeah. That's Um, definitely true. So we, we became friends in Cabo and... You were nice enough to let me do a bit with James on the Late Late Show.
1: JJ came on the show. You did brilliantly. It was really, it was really funny.
0: Did you enjoy being on it? I did. James, uh, for anyone who did not see the clip, James Corden did a bit where he goes into a place of work and tells one of the employees to take a break. It's called Take a Break. And in this particular bit, he um, he was a realtor for a day and he tried to sell me a twenty million dollar home in the Hollywood Hills. Unsuccessfully. unsuccessfully. Yeah,
1: unsuccessfully. But there you go. It was great. But it was it was hilarious. It was great having you on.
0: And then I got to come on the show How's and do that an interview. for you? I've got a question yeah. for you
1: because for, your life must be a bit different now. How long have you been at the Clippers now? This is my third year. So in your third year, so life must change when you become an NBA player
0: in LA. Oh, no question.
1: Because when you're in Milwaukee or Orlando, you're not going on late night shows. <laughs> you're not getting like tattoo sleeves. You're not like <laughs> Like that, that must be, when you got traded here, did you go,
0: oh, my life's going to be quite fun in LA? Or did you go, oh, I didn't really fancy that? It's its interesting. It's a great question. It's something I've thought about too. I don't think I'd be able to handle Los Angeles if I had been drafted here and been 22 and the knucklehead that I was at that age. Right. And I think most guys probably would experience, have the same experience as me. So I think I, I came here at the right time in my life. I was established as a pro and I was married and and uh, and settled and all that, but it is remarkable to think about the things that I've been fortunate enough to do in Los Angeles. I met President Clinton. Uh, I met President Obama at Magic Johnson's house. I was up on stage at a Democratic fundraiser with Harry Reid, and I'm not Democrat, so that was quite you the know, experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not. About that. No, yeah, okay. Uh, we did we did a couple okay, weeks ago. Okay, I'm middle fair of the and uh, you know, I, I was in GQ magazine. I I, I now lot, have though. a tattoo sleeve because what I met you? Adam Levine. Like it's just it's crazy to think all these things. But it's a,
1: do a lot of NBA players want to get a move out to one of the LA teams because
0: their life can be a bit more showbiz? I think some guys. There's no way that, that people are desperate. I, that, I want to be honest yeah. with you. I don't. That's not something that I. Might, no,
1: I agree. I don't think it is. That's I think you're not a the very no, 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 I, I wanted think, to come to Los Angeles. I absolutely know it wasn't. There's yeah. no question about it. But. Life changes for you when you move to LA and you score a three pointer, and like Beyonce's watching because, like, when you're in Milwaukee, it's like it's the deputy mayor of Milwaukee or a guy who came like eighth on American Idol. That's as big a level of celebrity right. as you're getting on the right. on court side. I don't mean like, this
0: in like a negative way, but yeah. you know, if, if Billy Crystal came to an Orlando Magic home game people would freak out. Sure. I would freak out. Sure. And now they're oh, God, Billy's there again. Billy's there again. He's been coming for 25 years. Don't get
1: caught trying to Billy. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, but that's the thing. Do you talk... Here's my question. Do you
0: talk to the A-listers that are at the game? You must do. So I try to remind myself at all times I'm there to do my job. And so I I occasionally, you know, maybe will shake somebody's hand or I, I don't go out of my way... Okay, I get that. But what better opportunity would there be to meet like
1: Jay-Z or Beyonce than when they're coming to watch you play? You see Jay-Z and Beyonce in a restaurant, right? They're in Manhattan Beach. You pop into a restaurant. You do not go up to them and go, hey, guys. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm uh, JJ Redick. Third, fourth. Depends if Blake's injured. Best player at the Clippers. (laughs) You know, love 99 Problems. Great song. (laughs) You don't do that. Whereas, if they are courtside watching you, there is no way that you're not going. Oh, I wouldn't mind saying hello to Rihanna. And then also, if you do score, don't tell me you're not glancing to see if they saw it, because I, you've got that. That's true. No, you must. It must be in your
0: mind. That's got to be a different thing for you as a player now in Los Angeles. <sighs> I would say I noticed. Celebrities when they're on the court, it's it's hard not to. Of course, you know you see guys, uh, women. Rihanna comes, uh, you know, Beyonce and Jay Z are at our games. Drake's at our games. JJ Watt was sitting next to our bench uh, the other day, uh, so you see them. But I don't necessarily like think to myself. I wonder if he saw me score. That's a little weird. <laughs> a little narcissistic, with, of course. But
1: like when we're doing the show. If somebody well knowns in our audience, or or my wife's there, or even my mum's flying from London, mm. of course I'm looking at the camera to see if they're enjoying it. You just aren't. Oh, I'm co- I'm concentrating on my job, but sure. I'm aware of who's there. In
0: a sense, I want to put on a show. I, I guess every NBA player wants to put on a show, in the sense that they I want to play well. And if my dad's at the game, you know, in the back of my mind, yeah, somewhere deep in the back of my mind, I'm saying, hey, I want to play well for my dad. And then somewhere way, way deeper in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, I really want to play well for Jay Z. Like that yeah. It's there. It's there. It's there. There's but maybe no doubt not it's on there. a conscious level. So the other night we were playing yeah. the Lakers and it was the Lakers home game and yeah. Miles Teller was sitting on the baseline. And I'm like a huge fan of the movie Whiplash. It's yeah. It's one of the but most the fact brilliant you know movies. That. Yeah. There is no one who, when
1: you're in Milwaukee, there is no one who you are a fan of. And I don't mean yeah. any disrespect to no, anyone no. there. But there's no Aaron one you to... Aaron Rodgers. Okay. He came to you a found game. found one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So what did you do? Did you go and say hello to So tomorrow? the
0: whole time during warm-ups, I'm thinking to myself, I, I've got to go say hello to this guy. We're, we're similar age. You know, he's from Florida, so... Both great at drumming. I'm thinking, yeah, great drummer. Thinking I should go say hello. I didn't say hello. Ugh. And as I was leaving the arena later, I, I no, my family was not at the game that night. Chelsea wasn't there, so uh, you were there. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I instead of going out of the locker room and towards the family room, I went out of the locker room and, and towards my car, and I happened to walk by the Lakers locker room, and Miles Teller was waiting outside the Lakers locker room to, to say hello to Kobe. And uh, I thought, there, here's my chance. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to this guy, and I did. We, we both took pictures of each other or with each other on each That's other's phones. True. Yeah. Right. And, and we had a, we had a nice
1: bu- conversation. That's a bu- Did you play well that night?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did fine. Yeah. So then it wasn't, yeah. you know,
1: yeah. you could go up to him and go, hey. <laughs> yeah. But if you're in a restaurant, you're not going up to him. No, no, no I don't. Exactly. Never bother someone at dinner. Of course, well, oh, I had a bar, whatever. But it's your turf. We actually, this is a true story. I was, and this is a real gloating story. So I apologize in advance. But it's more gloating on behalf of James than me. But uh, we went to a Lakers game the other day, James and I. And uh, it was with Warriors. When they beat the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting courtside and some a friend of ours got us the tickets. It was very nice. And Kobe saw James and literally during the play came up to him and went, Hey man, love your show. Fantastic. And like literally the two of us were like children. We were like high-fiving. That had to and be like, it was unbelievable. incredible validation oh, for you. It was unbelievable. The idea that Kobe knows who James is and loves the show
0: and watches it. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Ben, it's really interesting that you bring up fans. One thing I love about being an NBA player is the support of our fans. And one of the great supporters of the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick is Indochino. Indochino supports me, and you should let Indochino support you by making you look great. So suit up. Listen to this deal I have for you, and remember this code, JJ. Be unique, look good, and feel good with a -a one-of-a-kind, made-to-measure suit from Indochino. Customize the details you want. Pick your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and more. There's 14 unique measurements that go into making a suit that fits you perfectly. And you can't go wrong with the well-crafted 100% merino wool suit. Also, check out their made-to-measure dress shirts and men's accessories. Made-to-measure suits are now affordable and available to the masses thanks to Indochino. When you look good, you'll feel good, and you'll feel confident. Your look, your way. So here's the deal. The code is JJ, and there's a money-back guarantee. Today, my listeners get any premium suit for just $399. That's up to 50% off at Indochino.com when entering JJ at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. There's no reason not to try your first custom-made suit with a deal this good. And a classic suit from their premium collection will look good, feel good, and last. That's Indochino.com, promo code JJ, for any premium suit for just $399 and free shipping. Indochino, your look. Your way. All right, let's get back to Ben. Here's a question I have for you. Question, because because this is something that I have to deal with every week, and that's getting a guest for a podcast. Yeah, and uh, my, you know, <laughs> to you listeners, you, you want to borrow my book huh? <laughs> You know, you you guys may not know this, but there's a lot of weeks where, you know, I'm not saying a guy is my third or fourth option, but maybe Jeez, it's what was it's, I? no no no. Listen, yeah. so it, it, it sometimes I'll, I'll say oh, specifically I want to discuss. X, X this week, sure. and I want to have this player on, or this guy on, and we'll set it up, and, and last minute they'll cancel. And, you know, sometimes I go, you know, I text another guy, I, oh, here's a great discussion I'd love to have, and it happens. It's a bit and different. And it's not it. a knock. B- yeah, b- no, no, I get that,
1: but it's a bit different for us. Like, we've got, there's movies coming out, so yesterday we had Charlize Theron on, she's got The Huntsman coming mm-hmm. out. You know, you have people who have stuff and they're always going to have stuff. And also we've got three or four guests. So if someone drops out, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But, um, but if you ever need a guest, I'll get, I'll make some calls for you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's, yeah, it is, it is a lot of guests that we have to get on who, a lot ca- more than you.
0: Who came up with carpool karaoke? Was that you or James? Uh, don't be modest if it was you. I
1: think it was probably both of us and yeah. Rob, our, our exec with us. I mean, we had done it before in the UK. We did it four years ago. Mm-hmm. So James and I made this sketch for a a charity in the UK called Comic Relief. And we had uh, this idea that James was driving in and going to save the charity and whatever else. And we asked George Michael to sit in the front passenger seat and George Michael hadn't been on television for a while because he was, you know, he he had had a few problems in his life. So we had sort of brought him back and the two of them sung all of his hits on the radio. And it was a huge thing. The sketch was like a 20-minute sketch. That bit was only three minutes. But it was that three minutes that blew up. So when we came here to LA and we were looking for bits on the show to do because so much of late night television now is about stuff like that with Kimmel's mean tweets Fallon's lip sync we definitely wanted to find what our one was and so Carpool Karaoke was born from that and then Mariah Carey the first week we were on air wanted to sell tickets for her Vegas show we pitched her this idea I don't think she knew what day it was or what the idea was but we picked her up put her in the car and uh at first she said what do I have to sing And we were like yeah no no that's the idea <laughs> And uh, and it and it like within two weeks it had fifteen million hits and and we were sort of away and that really um, and you've had you've us. had Bieber on Bieber on three times now uh, uh, Adele, Adele Stevie Wonder Chris Martin Chris Martin Sia. yeah J Lo J Lo yeah we've your... only actually done we've been on uh, fourteen months now we've actually only done twelve of them but they're they're yeah we we save them we only want to do them once in a while and do them with very special people. But it's exciting. It's it's doing... It's working with A-list people and that was the thing for me coming from the UK. I'd made a lot of shows in the UK but they, but they were with smaller people. They were sort of local heroes or celebrities and now you're coming out here and you're working with A-list players and that's very exciting. Besides...
0: Television. You, yeah. you do have uh, a passion for sports. I do, specifically soccer. Or, yeah, or football. What do you What do you call it? Over football. There? Who would okay. call it soccer? It's Play with your foot. <laughs>
1: I mean, it makes no sense.
0: Right. And uh, so you actually did a documentary called "In the Hands of the Gods." I did. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you followed uh, four kids, five, five kids, yeah. F- five kids from England that were essentially street performers. Yeah, that was our first big break. Yeah, really. and uh, and they they basically. Followed them and as as they tried to earn money to go all the way to South America yeah. and, and meet their idol.
1: Yeah. It was a great it was it was a film that we made. I was straight out of college. I was twenty three, twenty twenty-two, twenty-three. Met these five boys. They wanted something better with their life. I managed to get hundred and fifty grand together with my partners, Gabe, Ben and Leo at Fullwell or Company. And they had to what we call in England busk, which means hustle here right like you know street performers whatever and they would raise enough money to travel all across north central and south america and see if they could meet their hero diego maradona who is the ultimate freestyler brilliant footballer yeah. showboater and uh, we made the movie of it and uh, yeah it went really well for us it was our first big break to be honest it became the biggest release ever of a uk documentary and um, and that's what took it from there it feels like such a long time ago it feels was like 2007 well, that's when it came out. We started making it two thousand and five. Okay. I st- we we we, we, st- we pitched the early two thousand and five, we uh, shot it in two thousand and six and sold it in two thousand and six and then it was on air two thousand and seven, DVD two thousand and
0: eight, and here we are now. In the hands of the gods In the, the hands God. of the gods. You liked it, didn't you? I saw it last summer, I watched yeah. it. It was phenomenal. Oh thanks, It really mate. was. I told you this. I, I'm yeah. well, I'm an emotional person. But you I are. did there was a lot of uh, a lot of themes in that movie that I could relate to. Um, And uh, yeah, I got teary eyed. Yeah. No,
1: it's a good watch, especially if you're into sport and you love it. It's a, it's a very beautiful film about five boys who ultimately use sport just to make their life better. And it's all they have. Um, And they were straight, you know, they were, they were, they really needed it at the time. It's, you know, it's, it's a true film. I remember when you watched it, actually, I said, what do you think? You know, and you said, Oh, I've just finished. And then I said, Oh, what do you make of it? And I didn't hear anything for like 10 minutes. I was like, oh my God, he hates it. He hates our movie. I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe. And then it was only because you said the longest text <laughs> the longest message text. of
0: feedback and questions and all of that. But um, I have a friend who listens to the podcast every week and yeah. every Monday, I, gives get, you feedback. I get. I get that list. Yeah, it gives you feedback. It's like it gives you twelve feedback. to fifteen items long. I've got a question for you as <laughs> okay. for where you started. Yeah. So
1: obviously, I've literally a year ago I wouldn't have known much about basketball. Now I'm learning, but fair bit yeah. coming to games. i have sort of you know get. Uh, I've become hooked. Let's be honest, I've become hooked. I'm literally st- sat here with JJ now, and obviously you know you've got this little knock or whatever, and I'm sort of going, why aren't you sat with us? This is, this is we're hitting playoffs times. Why aren't you sat with your foot in ice? This is bothering me. But you were. A Megastar at college basketball, weren't you? You were like a god of college. I mean, a lot of people didn't like you back then, and that right. was partly because you were so brilliant, but you were
0: an all conquering great of Duke, right? <laughs> I mean, you, I was, yeah, I was, I was, um, I was a good college basketball player, you know, I won a national player of the year. Here's my like question
1: that. Which did you enjoy playing more, NBA or college? Because let me let me put it to you, yeah, when it's college basketball, you are the biggest fish in a small pond, yeah, you are walking around college going to class must be like Zac Efron on every day do you know what I mean like it must have been an unbelievable life but now of course you've got you know the first class travel Beyonce watching you all of that sort of stuff but you know you've had an unbelievable career and this season especially but I wonder if you where were you happier
0: it's a good question thank you that's why uh, I produce for a living yeah it's an easy easy answer it really is I loved my time at Duke and uh, had a blast there. Uh, great memories. You know, I grew up a Duke fan. To get my jersey retired and be the all-time leading scorer, like it was a dream come true. Um, but it, I'm way happier as an NBA player hey, for for a bunch of different reasons. But you know the old thing, like if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And, and so that whole idea of like if you can make it with the best, then hey, you are the best. And so as yeah. a competitor you know i'd rather be i don't know where you would place me in the nba but i'd rather be you know a good player in the nba and and have that on my resume than than be the best in college it, 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 it like i just partly i'm not a nostalgic person partly it's hard for me to like really put in context any part of my career because i'm still in my career of course but uh yeah i, I, I love being in the nba and too okay. i don't have to go to class you know i don't have to go to class i'm, yeah, I'm on my own on, like, you
1: weren't really going to class were you? I, don't, you, I, didn't I didn't get, get te- paid in college okay no but forget <laughs> family and wife yeah. and money because i want to put that aside but as a game were you able to play with more freedom and less stress when you were at college was there not a difference in
0: i think i think for me there was, was more there was more pressure why I th- would, How can that be? Duke, for me, was was a little bit of a fishbowl, in the sense that uh, I, I felt scrutinized. You know, playing in the ACC, growing up in the ACC country, growing up in Virginia, every road game. Um, it wasn't that I didn't look forward to it, but every road game, I knew that there was a there's going to be a certain you know level of uh, animosity that was going to be directed my way, and and you know, I I, I fed off of it. Why but, was that though? because i was a dick that's why i mean really? but i think partly it was in reaction you know i like and i've said this on the podcast before but you know my first road game was at clemson my freshman year i was 18 years old and i, I was not prepared it was 10 games in the season i wasn't i wasn't prepared to deal with these students yelling things at me and really, really personal things and you know, every 18 year old is pretty insecure, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, it was like this fight or flight and I chose to fight. And, and so I created this on court persona. And I'm not saying I'm not a confident person, but like there's a difference between confidence and playing with confidence and, and just all out like cockiness and, and brashness. And so I, for a couple of years there, I kind of kind of was that person, which I'm really? not necessarily proud of, but it, it was, yeah. it But the, but But your fans must've loved it. I mean, Duke fans were great. I, yeah, yeah. they were, I, I mean, I don't know that I was hated by Duke fans. Um, I, I, for me, it's tough, too, because, you know, I think for a Duke fan, when they yeah. talk about their their greatest Duke players ever, they always mention the guys that won national championships. Yeah. And so I didn't win a national championship. And I, I rightfully so. I really believe this. I, I don't think I'm the best Duke player ever. I don't think maybe I'm not even in the top five. I don't really care about that. but. I think for me to be in that conversation, I think I would have to have won a national championship because mm. at Duke, you know, in the last 25 years, five championships. So that's what they're kind of judged on.
1: Do you feel less pressure as well now that you play in the NBA? Because there's, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but there's better players than your older teammates were, than your college days. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard you feel to feel less say pressure it, because yeah. it's less on your shoulders now, no?
0: Yes, in a sense, yes, because you're right. The focus isn't necessarily in, in, always in on a you. Co- in a college game... There might be two NBA in a really good college game. There might be two or three NBA players on each side at a time. In the NBA, there's there's fifteen NBA players on each team. I mean, it's the, the level of competition is huge, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I become an NBA player now in this social media yeah uh world that we live in and so you're i'm mean, as scrutinized now yeah you know, on do you a, look on at a, that on a two no 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 I don't, i'm not saying that yeah well, no i no no right, okay. i stopped no because no i stopped do doing that they- when i was about 23 i right. yeah yeah no i just so people that listen to this podcast are clear i, I the only reason i read my twitter comments right now are, are really for the podcast. Right. And, and I want to get feedback from you guys. I want yeah, to Yeah, the unfortunate
1: uh, thing is is yeah. that you can't skip past the good or the bad comments. Well, on the, well play. So like
0: after a game... Yeah. I don't even read... I don't. I would never yeah. read... No, no. Right. Listen, if I had Come on 40 against
1: the Rockets, you I didn't read... No. When you score the winner, you're not reading it? No. Ugh, I'm going to no. read it and text you some
0: of the comments. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I you, don't read that you're stuff. You're missing out. No.
1: It's great at the moment. You're
0: having a good no. season. No, you no, should look what, at it. What would I mean by... By this in terms of social media, so everything, the information, the way the information is disseminated now happens so quickly, and it's in real time, and so there is pressure on a nightly basis to perform. It's like that: "What have you done for me lately?" Attitude, you know. It's it, You're only as good as your last game, and unfortunately, that's that's how it is. You right. could have you could have uh, you know a great season and play sixty great games, and if you have you know three or four bad games in a row, then then yeah, you're going to be feeling the heat from the media, uh, fans, coaches, all that stuff. There's always pressure. Ben, give me one second. I got to ask a question. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell tickets to your favorite NBA team. SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Ben, If you can't get me tickets to Adele, I know you're friends with her, I'm going to use the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek has taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek will let you know if ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is ranked based on value, so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, they show you the full ticket price from start to finish and never try to trick you with huge fees on the checkout page. Plus, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code JJ. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code JJ today. Can I ask you more questions. Is this all right that I'm just taking yeah, over? Ahead. Locker room wise,
1: because mm-hmm. as a fan, I'm, I'm you know I'm always interested in that sort of stuff. Sure. I grew up, I went home and away to every game at Arsenal. we were going to talk. Gym. I was going to ask you about Arsenal. Sure, but yeah, it's not interesting yeah, to your yeah, listeners. Yeah, this yeah, is all yeah. interesting. <laughs> so, what's the, is there a big difference? And I'm not talking again about money and all that sort of stuff. Is there a big difference between a college? locker room and team unity and an NBA locker room and team unity reason being college you've all you're all there you're all equal no one's paid more than anyone else you're all at the same college you're representing the same thing an NBA team you can have players from all over the place some been there 20 years some been there five minutes egos money there's a lot more in it what is the difference between a locker room at a college team and your NBA team
0: you described it pretty well you know the one thing about college is that everybody is around the same age and in general you kind of hang out together you yeah know, you live on campus no one's go got the, wives you go to the same eatery no one's got more than 20 dollars in their bank account sure. no one's got wives no one's you know got any anything to do besides basketball and class and uh and maybe you know beer pong on a saturday night i don't know what college kids are into these days yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> you might be sounding dated yeah i don't know sure do they play with paddles? Like, I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but, but in the NBA, right? You've got people from all over the world at completely different stages of their life and really completely different agendas. To be honest with you, the other thing with with college too is, uh, you know, everybody's kind of on the same timeline. You're a freshman, a sophomore, junior, senior. Maybe guys leave early, whatever. In the NBA. Uh, you might have just signed a, a big contract and you've got four years left. One guy might be on a one-year deal you know, minimum. One guy might be on the trade block. One guy might be asking for a trade. One guy might be in a contract year. So there's all these different factors. I don't want to say everything's about money because it's not about money. Of course but it isn't. but the, the reality is every NBA player wants to do well, wants to be compensated well, and wants to be an important part of a winning team. I really believe that at the core of it, that's what it's about. And so you've got 450 guys and 15 guys per team that are, that are kind of jostling and jockeying for whatever's out there, whatever money, whatever playing time, whatever shots are out there. And, and yeah, so you've got to kind of figure out the team dynamic it's a little bit easier in college to, to quote-unquote buy-in, I think, than it is in was, the NBA.
1: Was that a shock for you when you first joined the NBA? Because you'd come from a <laughs> locker room where it was unity and going out together and whatever, and then you're suddenly the rookie and no one gives a shit about you.
0: <laughs> no, I don't mean, you know, with my, respect. My favorite rookie memory was, I can't remember what I did, but I did something stupid as a rookie, and uh, a bunch of the guys asked me after practice to apologize to the team. And so I got up there, and as I was like mid-sentence getting ready to apologize, a couple guys grabbed me from behind. They sat uh-huh. me down on this rolling chair. They duct taped me to the chair. Uh-huh. I was fully clothed. They, uh, I think they, they blindfolded me. Then they threw me in the shower under cold water and sprayed shampoo and body wash on me and uh, and just left me in there for about 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it was funny. I was laughing. Everybody okay. had a good, good time with it. But, you know that was probably the most that anyone like did to me my rookie year most right. people just ignored me so, so the punishment that you got <laughs> most the people ignored when me. you were abused
1: and i liked it yeah it was like that was the only was time that really anyone
0: actually <laughs> yeah, exactly. paid
1: you any attention yeah,
0: exactly. god that's so sad JJ. Yeah, i know i but know i was like off on my
1: own how important is that though in the end do you think that because you're professionals and this is what you do for a living and you're all at yeah. different stages of your life do you, how important is unity in a dressing room in the NBA? I imagine it's huge in college and maybe slightly less important in the NBA. It's slightly less People talk less about important. the Cavaliers yeah. whether they get on or they yeah. don't get yeah. along. And like, how, like, you've got this dancing thing at the Clippers. Does it actually make a difference to the way you perform, do you think?
0: Talent is always going to win in the NBA. But if that talent is unified... Then you've got a much better chance to win. Um, I think Golden State is a great example. Of that San Antonio is a great example. Those are sort of the the teams that everybody you know wants to be like. And it, look, it's easier said than done. And I think to be unified, everybody talks about sacrifice, right? Everybody says, "Oh, yeah, you got to sacrifice to be part of a great team." But nobody actually says that and and thinks like, "Well, I'm going to be the one to sacrifice." They mean like, "No, you've got to sacrifice." <laughs> I'm going to be me. You know, yes. I, think, I think a lot of guys think that. Like, I'm going to be me. You've got to sacrifice in order for us to be great. And, and I think if you are around the really great teams, I think everybody's everybody's buying into that idea of sacrifice. And it, it, it may be small things. It may be big things. Uh, Golden State's a great example. A guy like Iguodala, a guy like David Lee last year, they've started their whole career. They've made all-star games. They're you know being asked to come off the bench, and, and they do it, and it helps the team. So therefore, unity is important. Oh, it's huge! It's yeah. huge for sure. It's a great question. So going back, I want to go back to Arsenal a little bit. Sure, because I missed them. I did. I went to an Arsenal game about eight years ago. Eight years um, ago, Fulham. My buddy Clint Dempsey was oh, okay. playing for yeah. Fulham, home or away. It was at Fulham. We won one 0 No, we Fulham, lost one 0 Yeah, Clint Dempsey might have scored. <laughs> no, actually. I didn't score. Okay, he played. Yeah, he played quite a bit in the second half. But no, you lost one 0 Yeah, this was like two thousand eight. Um, yeah. It was fascinating, and it's it's the atmosphere of that game yeah. was the closest thing, and maybe even better than anything I'd seen in the states. It resembled Cameron Indoor Stadium, the Duke games, the Duke home games more well, than anything I'd ever seen. Yeah, it's and,
1: warfare I mean, it really is. It's like, like it's funny in American sports, fans can sit together. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I went, uh, you go to Clippers game, and there's the odd away fan spruced in there. People don't worry about wearing their. Shirts, the kits, yeah. their kits, as I would say, <laughs> you wouldn't say it. Um, but it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I would, as an Arsenal fan, I would never be able to sit in the opposition end I would be bloodied by the end of it I would be
0: no I'm, I'm serious <laughs> did you I mean, see the movie Green Street Hooligans by any chance yeah I didn't love it it's all a bit <laughs> silly I
1: mean it was but, but it's, it's different there's a difference between but get, I mean it is a huge passion it's a huge part of yeah. people's life you know you grow up with it I grew up North London near Arsenal my family's always been Arsenal it was no doubt that I would be um i've traveled the world for them whenever you know i went through a phase in my life it was before i was slightly more successful in my career where i had a bit more time as in i did have more time back then than i do now and uh i would go home and away if we were playing in paris i'd be in paris if we were in germany germany or turkey i'd be in turkey and i'd fly in for the game and fly out they'd do group tours they wouldn't cost much because the club would subsidize it so i i literally went through a phase of my life going home and away and uh and I really missed it. How that.
0: old were you when this was going on? Oh, I
1: I went from the age of uh well, my first game was when I was seven, and then I went every game from like 13, 14 until I came here to America a year ago. <laughs> I mean, like you know, I'm hardcore. I, I, it's a huge. You had passion a mind. you actually you had a podcast? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. we had a podcast in the UK about yeah, Arsenal. Just yeah. an Arsenal based. podcast. It was podcast. an Arsenal based podcast. Yeah. yeah, it was a hit. It wasn't. Super it wasn't a vertical podcast style hit, but it was a hit. <laughs> yeah,
0: hit. super fan Ben over here. Yeah, no, I, here's I, a question I have for you. Then this is something that I, I often think about. Go for it. What is your expectation as a fan? Yeah. We'll talk Arsenal. So as an Arsenal fan. Well, let's talk fan, sports in general. Yeah, but what is your expectation as a fan? What do you want out of an athlete?
1: Desire. Desire. Straight what, what, away. Does that, what does that mean? So for me, I think that ability is to a certain extent what you're born with. Ultimately, you've either got it or you don't. And and there's certain players who are incredible and there's certain players that are average and they just do a job. And they come off the bench and they, and they do a job for us. But... The crucial thing for, for me is a player caring and not just there to pick up a check. And so I will get frustrated with our best players, these geniuses. Right now we've got Mesut Ozel or Alexis Sanchez. And if they're not working hard... They will far be outweighed to me by the player who isn't as talented, but he's giving everything he can for the badge. And that is what's important to me. And so I feel like there's nothing more frustrating for me when I see players with talent who don't really care or feel like they're playing for themselves. But I've dedicated so much to my club, so much money and time and energy and passion to it what I want from a player who pulls on the shirt of Arsenal is to give everything that they've got and show that they care and ultimately if they fall down and they don't succeed because they're not good enough then that's okay because that's genes that's DNA (laughs) that's ability but ultimately those are the players that I will respect more than a player who can score 50 goals a season because actually he probably could have scored 55 wow but I mean that. that no, that's... And I like watching you to be fair. And the Clippers the Clippers has replaced a bit of the drug that I've lost in mm-hmm. going to sport every week. And it's like <laughs> I met you in a way on that vacation because otherwise I don't know what would have yeah. filled that habit. I would be taking crystal meth or something instead. <laughs> but ultimately I think that you know it's interesting to see which players really give it everything and which players sort of showboat. And I right. you know and, and I think that that's quite fascinating. I feel like when you go out on uh, out there you are you are giving it everything you're getting frustrated you're in the game you're in the zone. And, and you're not, and I, I bantered with you earlier, I took the mick out of you earlier about the Beyonce thing, but the truth of it was, I went to see you the other day, and it wasn't tickets for you, but I got, I was courtside, and I was literally, what, two seats away from where you were sitting. I could have kicked you. You literally could have kicked me. And yet, even though we I count you as a close friend of mine, and, and and whatever else, we didn't speak until the end of the game. We did not speak. Yeah. And yet there were other... No, I'm not going to say other places. There were certain coaches whatever. They were bantering. There was fun people in the crowd. They were waving and smiling. And, you know, even Kobe came up to James. Not that game, but in another game, in the middle of the game. He said, hey, man, I love couple Karaoke. And you literally didn't speak to me until the end of the game. And the mate who I was with said, I thought you knew that dude. He's totally ignored (laughs) you. And we were as close as we are sitting right now. And you didn't. And I loved that. It was a focus. And and right then and there, you had a job to do. And that was what was important. And I think that that's... uh, I think that's what I respect in a sportsman. So it's more of a mindset. It's more of a mindset. Look, you're always going to love, and I'm going to talk Arsenal here and your listeners yeah. may not know about it, I'm always going to love the Thierry Henrys, the players who scored more goals than anyone else. But, but The magicians. The magicians, of like, course like, you do, like, because that's what you pay your 50 the bucks. The Chris
0: Pauls, the like, LeBron James, of course, the Kevin Durant. Without question. The Steph Currys. You love guys, it. Yeah.
1: And you go and you pay a ticket. And if you're not, for example, Warriors... I, when you guys played the Warriors I really wanted a ticket and so you know I went to that game and watched them and you want to go because you want to pay to go and see Steph Curry mm-hmm. it's worth going to pay that ticket price to see right. him I was so excited last week to be able to see one of Kobe's last games because you go that is a legend who will always be remembered and I'm pleased I saw him live but as a supporter of a team not a neutral as a supporter of a team I'm not convinced it's always those players that get you most passionate because I think sometimes, and I can only speak for myself and for football, I can't speak for basketball because I'm new to this sport and new to this country, but ultimately it's not always those players that are the most popular because they aren't always the ones who are fulfilling their potential or working hard enough or caring enough about
0: the club that they're playing for. Ben, you seem like a really creative type guy. You're obviously into production. I want to tell you about Wix.com. A great business needs a stunning website. And with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. You can show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy and free. All right, let's get back to Ben. Ben. So partly too, its consistency, I think that's, as, as much as it's desire, uh, mindset, caring, all that stuff, there's a, I don't know what they would call it in, in Britain, but like a like a lunch pail attitude, like a hard hat lunch pail maybe. attitude, I'm, I'm putting be, my hard hat on, yeah, I'm bringing maybe. my lunch pail, to and be I'm fair, coming to work today.
1: I actually think it's a pretty British mentality, because I think that like, we're quite steady people, like mm-hmm. there's no, there's very little showbiz about our sport, you guys come on, there's fireworks, there's music, <laughs> there's... Uh, like, there's Chuck the Condor there's, there's there's your mascot there's your <laughs> girls dancing in front of me with no clothes on I mean when it comes to Arsenal you turn up the players come out you applaud them <laughs> and you get on with 90 minutes of sport with no breaks apart from 115 minutes there isn't loads of people trying to dunk a sausage for a trip to New York. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no, Your, yours is much more entertainment and therefore the bigger players, the showboating players are the superstars, yeah. the MVPs. Whereas in, in, I think in my country, in my sports, it isn't necessarily about consistency, although I think that's a good point, but it's more about loyalty and desire. And I think that that's the key for me when I'm looking at a sportsman.
0: Objectively, do you think it's hard then to get on a player who has played for multiple teams who maybe grew up in a different country. Inter- yeah, interesting. To feel the same sort of passion. Of course. Like I'm not from Los Angeles. I yeah. didn't grow up a Clippers fan. Yeah, but but, but I'm very I'm very passionate about the Clippers. I listen, I want to do my job well yeah. and I want to win like but as a fan, do you, do you understand that? Like, of course. Do you think people objectively can say to themselves, "Well, okay, I, I get it a little bit. He, maybe he doesn't care as much." But I don't
1: think they want to know that, and I don't think they should know that because ultimately they are paying to their team and to be believers and they want you to as well because I, i'm not because, disagreeing and with by the you. way i don't disagree- think you're yeah. that player yeah. i don't I, you know i've turned up here and and, and watching games and watching a lot of games and i don't see you as a player who just doesn't really care i see you as a player who hugely cares and gets hugely upset after games and and you know and and doesn't
0: speak during them even if i'm sitting <laughs> next to you and whatever I think, else i actually think you came to a game that we lost and i <laughs> I was like, I don't even know if I spoke to you after the game. I was kind of like, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah, well, yeah, but like, that's good. Let's the family. Let's go. Right, but get that's out of here. good. Yeah. I like that. I, I would.
1: Yeah. I, I am mortified. There's nothing that upsets me more than when I was out in London and Arsenal had lost on the Saturday because I wouldn't want to go out because my wife Meredith would have to force <laughs> me to go out. She goes, well, "We've got dinner plans, or we're going to this party or whatever," and then I would yeah. see a player out partying and enjoying themselves I'd hate it I was like how dare they it would be disrespectful so of course I think it's it's always easier to back the players who have been at your club for years and years and that's why what happened last night with Kobe or the other week with Kobe was so beautiful it was Mm -hmm. a send-off for someone who was obviously a legitimate player but I don't think you need that from every player you can't expect players to have supported that team growing up but you just want to feel like that 60 bucks that you spent that's hard earned yeah. that you had to clean sure. a floor for or you had to like wash dishes for or you had to mow someone's lawn for that 60 bucks was worth it because even though we lost the team that I back tried and I think that's the key
0: and I agree with you and I and I understand that and I understand fans spend money whether it's on merchandise tickets ESPN cable to watch our games league pass whatever it is I understand that aspect of it and I think most NBA guys understand that I guess what's hard for me sometimes is, you know, as an NBA player, as an athlete, as a, as a sportsman, as you like to call us, you know, it, it's our job. And like anyone, we need an outlet from our job. So if I've just played a game and maybe it goes well, maybe it doesn't go well, like I, I'm, maybe this was when, when I was younger, I would maybe go out to dinner after the game, you know, but very early in my career in Orlando, maybe I'd, I'd go to, a you know, a An entertainment establishment, like (laughs) a club, a lounge, a a bar, I don't know, and just relax and and kind of decompress. My decompression now is coming home, having a glass of milk and getting up with Knox at 6.30 in the morning. Well,
1: look, of course it's your job, but there's two things to remember. One is everybody listening to this podcast would break their right arm to have your job. And that is a responsibility that you bear as a sportsman. Yeah. Because every single person who's listening to this podcast on their way to work or when they're lying in bed or when they're on their commute in the morning would give their right arm I understand to be in the that. NBA. I, I know you do. Know you. And
0: I'm grateful and, for, and I, I and recognize so, so how therefore, fortunate So
1: therefore, that's key. And the other thing is, it's not your job for long. Because you have a really weird job. Which means that in 15 years, I want to be at my peak. Right now, I'm... I'm you're, you're how old? I'm, uh, 34. 34. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 15 years, I will be where I want to be. I don't even know where that is because I don't know where this whole journey is going to take me. Two years ago, I didn't think I'd be in LA and I definitely didn't think I'd be hooked on basketball. (laughs) But like, you never know where you're going to end up in life. But ultimately in 15 years, I'll be at my peak. You in 15 years don't know what you're going to be doing. And that is really crazy for you and must be a quite scary thing at times. But ultimately, because your career is so short, relatively that's why as well, although you say it's my job, it's a fortunate job and it's a job for a short time of your life. Players can go and spend nights in nightclubs and go out to Vegas and do whatever they like when they hit 40 and they can't play anymore. And I've been generous with the 40 to make you feel better. (laughs) I'm
0: I'm not going to be playing when I'm 40.
1: When do you think you'll play till?
0: How old are you now? 32, 31? I'll be 32 this summer. 32 this summer. I'd like to play five more years. Max. Max. Maybe four. And do you worry about what's after? I think about it every day. Do you? Every day. Does it keep you up at night? It doesn't keep me up at night. It doesn't keep me up at night. I'll tell you why. No clue, like really no clue what I want to do. I have, you know, things that I'm interested in, but in terms of an actual like profession and like finding, like I have a craft now. There's a craft that I work at on a daily basis. And, And to find that after this is going to be a challenge. And it's a challenge for anybody, no matter what your background is. And uh, so it's definitely something that I think about, but it doesn't keep me up at night because ultimately, number one, I think the guy upstairs has everything under control. But number two, I I believe in work ethic. And I believe if if you're willing to to put a lot into something, you'll get a lot out of it. It is a funny life, though, isn't it? It's a funny life. To be a sportsman and and to have
1: everything so young and yeah. then to be not really knowing where you're going. So
0: you, you bring it up. You've had, you have everything so young. And it's it's weird you say that. You know, a few weeks ago, we had a Donald Foyle on the podcast. Mm. And we talked about managing finances and, yeah. and a lot about I how athletes... Thank you. But we talked about how athletes go broke. And it's one of the reasons yeah. we get everything so young. Yeah. Most people they make their mistakes in their 20s correct and can't afford to and there's do that. not a lot of cash on the table so to speak yeah. you know you're and they've also got terrible people advising them at that age yeah but, but but most people then uh, you're 35 you're 40 you've already made your mistakes and you've learned your life lessons and all correct. of a sudden now you're maybe making more money and now you've got a family and you know how to to operate i was clueless you know i didn't know what a mortgage was and i was buying a million dollar home of when course. i was a rookie and and so yeah, it's, it's totally backwards. Our life is totally backwards. It's, it's funny. But also, you've got to appreciate
1: every day of it because you'll miss it, I imagine, won't you? Uh, <laughs> Do you not
0: think you will? No. I Listen, I love the game. Like, even watching... We're recording this on Thursday and, and uh, you know, watched the Kobe show last night. Incredible. Incredible. And, you know, him walking off the court for the last time and, and me watching that and me thinking about me for of and and it, the finality of that, and not and realizing like you'll never have that butterfly feeling again in your stomach before a game. You'll never be sitting in the cold tub after shoot around and uh, thinking about your your opponent and your matchup for that so night. So, what did it make you think about your career? I want to play. I want to play. I want yeah. to play as long as I can. I love the game. You know what? I I realized recently too is is I love the game. I love playing. I love the actual competition, but maybe just as much as I love competition, I love the process. And mm. I don't know how how you feel about it in your job. Like I'm sure there's a rush you get sure. when you guys are actually recording your show. Yeah, but th- the enjoyment I get from the process, from the things that no one sees, mm. that's to me is like it's just as rewarding as yeah. going out and scoring 25 in a game. Yeah, because wow. I know. Okay, this is what I did this morning. This is what and, and the it, process. And it's of not it. it's not it's not something I do once. Yeah, it's the repetitive action of just over and over, of shooting a yeah. basketball alone yeah. in a gym. Yeah, of of lifting weights, working on your body. You know, every day I'm like. God, I just, you know, I really want a buffalo chicken sandwich for lunch, but I'm going to eat this kale and avocado salad instead. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, I don't. That's the only bit I don't envy about <laughs> yeah. sportsmen uh, is that. So there's all sure.
0: those there's all those things. I really, man, I, I enjoy that as much as the actual competition. Yeah. But you think five more years? I'd like to play five more. So, you know, but, but a lot of that, too, is, is, you know, I have one year left on my contract with the Clippers, and I'll be a free agent next summer. And I would love to sign it. Yeah, three or four year multi year contract and and with the prop- Clippers, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Thanks but God you know, you don't you don't know. I don't know what the team's going to look like of in course. a year. I don't know if uh, if Docs will still like me in a year. I don't. I, I don't know these things. Sure, we'll get Steve on the phone. We're not. You know, come on, <laughs> you got to stay.
1: I've become hooked and I'm about to sign a new deal at CBS. So I don't want to leave Los Angeles. No. <laughs> no, that's the trouble I'm having.
0: Or where, are we, where are you at with that? Uh, no, I'm good. This okay, right. great. great. So
1: you're four on four. We do a four on four every week. Yeah. Four this things. This is where you tell us that you don't like certain red wines. <laughs> I'm fascinated always to hear your stories
0: of wine. <laughs> The other night, you and I, we, we went to Giorgio Baldi we did. in Santa Monica. We did. And yeah, it, was, it was like a 20 or 30-minute process <laughs> trying to pick out a wine with you. Well, that's and because, you kept saying, well, I know for a fact you well, won't was, order a Cabernet. I was
1: taking the mickey a little bit out of JJ because I do find it quite funny that you listen to these podcasts. And like first few especially seriously talking about basketball and we're talking about injuries and we're talking about the season and we're talking about and we do a statement on this and a statement on that. And then you're like, ah, I don't like cabs. I don't, I just, it's over. I don't, I don't like the Beatles. I like Justin Bieber. I'm like, where did it come from? Were you offended
0: at the Beatles con- coming? No, I, I, I wasn't offended at the Beatles comment. I You know, here's the thing. I'm not. I was never offended. I, at the Beatles. It's I, <laughs> I, not my era. Yeah, it's it's not our era. But uh, you I'm just not... didn't
1: enjoy a Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas, and suddenly you wrote <laughs> off an entire generation of music. <laughs> no, no. You no. put everything that no, our no, no, parents no. loved and adored no, 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 to no, bed no. because you didn't like Hold a bloody on. show in Vegas. Hold on a second.
0: I can appreciate their music. <laughs> I'm sure they're delighted. I totally get the cultural impact they had. My mom talks about it all the time. Sure. The the actual music though, <clears> the music that, that the Beatles made. It's, eh, uh, eh, yeah. 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 You're not listening to it in yeah. your headphones when you're walking to right. it. Exactly. Okay. okay. I get it. We're going to do our four and four. Sure. As always, I cater it to the guests. And so this week's four and four, as you call them, well, I call them athletes. Yeah, we call them sportsmen. Sportsmen. Been,
1: has there been a lot of language difference in this podcast? Been I a think lot I of-
0: might have just said era or era. I, I just said a word that right. you just said. That'd it's very nice of
1: you to welcome me with changing yeah. your language.
0: So instead of four athletes, we're going to do the four sportsmen who would be best suited to host late night television. Well, there we go. Linking our two jobs My together. My question before we get started, am yeah. I allowed to include retired athletes? Yeah, I think so. Okay.
1: I think we should open it up for people who you think can host a late night talk show in America. Okay. Are, you doing, are we doing alternates?
0: Let's we'll, we'll alternate. Okay, you go first. So here's one that I thought of immediately, and this guy's been on commercials and uh, and has hosted SNL a couple of times, very successfully. That's Peyton Manning. I think he would be great as a late night television Do you show. Think yeah, I worry it'd be a bit boring. I worry he'd be
1: very good at the sponsored bits. <laughs> I think he'd be very good at going, this next segment's brought to you by Budweiser. I'm not convinced he's going to get a great interview out of Julia Roberts. I don't really think he's going to be great in a lip sync battle or in a carpool karaoke. I'm not. Listen, I'm not knocking your choices,
0: but I'm not sure I would want to produce that show because I think it would be boring. <laughs> I think he's got a good sense of humour. Do you? He's, okay. he's got the dryness and the sarcasm that I, that I really enjoy. Okay, that's he's true. He's been in front of a camera for a long time. Yes. And he's familiar with the production process.
1: Well, if that's all you need to be a late night host, <laughs> to be familiar with the process. Okay. Look, so no no, one, no one's Conan, saying... He's your Conan O'Brien. <laughs> no one's saying... <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Conan O'Brien is... is no one's uh,
0: saying he's as funny as James Corden. No one's sure, saying that. I'm, sure. I'm not saying that. Thank
1: you. Okay, so he'll go on True TV. We'll put him on True TV. <laughs> My first would be Chris Bosch. He came on the show... Okay. And he was an absolute character and he was the first sportsman we had on our show. And uh, I wasn't sure about whether we should have sportsmen on the show. I wasn't sure if it was going to be right. James but he was brilliant. He was funny. He did a great bit outside where my entire team, all a hundred of them had to score against him at the same time. And he was so funny. And uh, so he would be my first.
0: I like that choice. He's like a modern day Renaissance man. He's an, he's an eclectic guy. He, he has a lot of, different interests he's got a yeah. great sense of humor uh, yeah. I think you need humor uh, you, you obviously need humor you do and I think he's got it and he's well spoken you know to, to me of all like the NBA guys that are current players when I see them go on television uh, for ESPN or TNT or whatever during the playoffs and, and give their analysis of a game or whatever he's the best to me yeah. I really enjoy he, he Chris Bosh is great he does great who's your next one my next one is Draymond Green I just he he um, He's confident. Okay. And I think you need confidence to do late you night television. Te- do. To do late night television. Okay. You need to put yourself out there and I think he's willing to do that.
1: I think it's a better bet than Payton.
0: You think Draymond is better than Peyton? For sure. I think Payton I don't I don't know who's
1: watching that show. I'm worried for your Wait, What's film. his name? Payton
0: Peyton. Peyton? Yeah,
1: Peyton. Are you saying Payton? Is it Payton? P E Y T O N. Payton. Okay. Just We're from different places, JJ. okay All right. All right. What's your next guy? Uh, I am going Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. He doesn't speak. Yeah. He says, I'm here, so I won't get fined. (laughs) That one. I think it's a bit like Letterman. He's a bit grumpy, (laughs) a bit rude. (laughs) Always will turn up, though. He's my next choice. Okay. So you picked another retired guy then? Yeah, I'm picking retired guys. They've got more time. Magic Johnson actually had a late night talk show. Did you know that? He did. Yes, he did. He got axed after like five minutes. Yeah, it wasn't very good. Is
0: it my turn? Your turn. Okay, so we've each done two of our four best sportsmen who would be best suited to host late night television. My next guy, I have no idea what this guy's personality is. I I saw one video of him giving a tour of his house. But Cristiano Ronaldo. Let me tell you the reason why. Tell me the reason why. He's a pretty face. He's definitely a pretty face. And people want to see pretty
1: faces on I television. I agree. I think he would be... I think he'd be on a ladies channel. <laughs> I don't know if men would want to see that you, before they go to bed every I feel night. like
0: he, would, he could host a show on E! Or Bravo.
1: You're right. E! No, Bravo's... T- well, yeah, one of those would be right. Okay. I don't know if people, when they're in bed that late at night... I don't know if husbands lying next to their wives <laughs> want their wives to be looking at that when they're just about to try and sleep with them. Because I feel like if you look at the late night host, I'm going to take James out of it because James is a handsome man. But you yeah. look at the Kimmels of this world, the Conans of this world, the Lettermans of this world great guys, not lookers. And I think that there's something in that. Jimmy Fallon. No, you know, he's average. Okay. My next one. Okay. JJ Reddick. Oh, stop. I'm going. I'm going, JJ Reddick. Who else is doing a podcast? this successful while their career is still going you were on our show you did great i think there's a future for you in that i think i might have to leave my job eventually and come produce your show
0: what channel would i be on
1: i think you're a cbs guy actually (laughs) you're straight laced number one network in america i feel like you're i feel like you're a colbert kind of guy
0: i feel like i'm being recruited a little bit well maybe maybe, okay i appreciate that who's your next i think our next one your next one and my next one are the same
1: Blake Griffin. Blake
0: Griffin. Why? What, I think, this? and I think, for what reason are you, well, are you he, choosing Blake? He's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Yeah. So the humor part's down. Yeah. The confidence part is down. He's got it. He's got it.
1: Have you seen? He's done all those nude scenes in that new sitcom, he, Broad City.
0: I didn't see him yet.
1: Okay. Yeah. They, I mean, he's gone full blown nudeness in a sex scene, well, like the, a comedy yeah.
0: show. It's he's brave. That's for yeah, sure. He's brave he's done stand-up before has he really yeah he's a funny guy I, I think it was either Laugh Factory or the Comedy Hour one of those one of the big ones that. in LA yeah I would happily have it's him, probably him on stand-up on the, inter- it's our it's probably on the interweb somewhere you can find it
1: He'd be a. has he been on your show he hasn't I'd love to have him on genuinely I'd love to have him on for me he'd be a great late night show host because he reminds me a lot of Jimmy Fallon in that yeah. you know he gets drunk and breaks his hand <laughs> <laughs> and JJ doesn't comment <laughs> but uh, you know I think that there's similarities there and so he's an incredible talent and he would be a great late he night would
0: be a him. great talent to yeah. have late night
1: television I would love him on our show can you hook that up you had Amari Stoudemire on your show we did he was good as well we had Anthony Davis on the show yeah we've had a lot of, it's, it's because you've got me hooked on this sport we're in that's All it right. we love it
0: all right, so those are our four sportsmen who yes. are best suited for late night television. Indeed. I'm glad that I made your list. Thank you. But <laughs> no, I, I think we are sure. both agreeing. I think Blake might be I the guy. I think Blake might be our one. Yeah. Blake Blake to be. me, I'm going to be honest, I know you you're comparing him to Fallon, you said? Fallon, or, yeah. yeah, Fallon. I <laughs> Do we know that Fallon punched someone? Is that the I fact? I wasn't saying he punched someone. I wasn't even
1: saying Blake punched someone. All I, all we know is that Jimmy Fallon uh, went on a night right, out, got right, drunk, right. and broke his hand.
0: We may have to edit some of this.
1: No, out. We don't need to edit any of that. There's nothing. Everyone knows that Fallon himself admitted he got drunk and broke his hand, <laughs> and Blake would admit that he got drunk and broke his hand. All I'm saying similarities, JJ. That's all I'm saying. You right. didn't say it. I did. You can't get in trouble.
0: <laughs> I can. I'm, you know, you can't I've say. i have got to look it. out for my bloke here. Of course, we
1: right. just said he'd be a great late night talk
0: show host. He'd be terrific. All right, well, Ben, I appreciate Do all Do I time. need to now hide from Blake whenever I come to Clippers <laughs> games? No. Okay. Blake loves James. And, and good, once he meets you, 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 you guys great. will... Got to hook get, it up. What's the British term for, like, getting along right away? Like, straight away? Like, what is it? Oh, I think You guys I mean, will... Um, get on like a house on fire. No, nah, you guys have a, it, it, Hit it off is how what we hit say in off. America. But you guys yeah, say something different. We'll get on great. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you'll, you'll get on great. Yeah.
1: Me and Blake Fallon. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you for the time, Ben. Oh, I've enjoyed uh, it. Been great fun. So, Instagram, Sir Ben Winston. No, you're making things up. Twitter, Mr. Ben Winston. Mr. Ben right. Winston. It's all about Twitter. Uh, ben on Twitter is uh, Ben Winston, and on Instagram, Mr. Ben Winston. Yeah, you're making me sound uh, and, like I need you. You're pimping and me and out go, like I need followers. And go listen, to, you know, go <coughs> watch uh, the Late Late Show. Watch James the Cortland. Late Late
1: Show every night, twelve thirty something. And uh,
0: do you want to go get dinner now? Let's do it. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vertical Podcast with JJ Reddick. And thanks again to our special guest. Oh, anytime. The Honorable Ben Winston. Remember to subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes wherever you listen to the podcast. Please tweet me at JJ Reddick for any questions and comments. Just no abuse. <laughs> I'd also like to thank our sponsors, SeatGeek, Indochino, and Wix.com. Love all three of those. We'll catch you next week.